This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office. This is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our season debut of Inside Twins. I'm Corey Provis from Camden Yards here in Baltimore, Maryland, gearing up for the final game and the rubber game of this three-game series. Twins take on the Orioles. One more time here this weekend before the team will then head to Pittsburgh and wrap up the opening road trip of the season before the guys are back home at Target Field to open up the home portion of the 2018 season on Thursday against the Mariners. As the Twins and Orioles continue this series here today, we have a rubber game coming up a bit later on. The Orioles won the opener on Thursday. Twins behind great pitching and some clutch hitting last night, won by a score of 6-2 to two and try to take this series here today and our guest joining us here on inside twins is joining us on the telephone always good to chat with senior vice president and team gm thad levine thad thanks for your time and happy holidays to you and your family happy holidays Corey. thanks for having me on great to have you on uh, your take just uh, two games in what you've seen so far from the uh, twins here thad yeah it's, it's been encouraging uh, i think we've seen a, a little bit of everything so far the, the the two starters have done an exceptional job Combining for 12, 12 innings pitch without giving up a run, uh, that, that's been spectacular. Uh, the bullpen has is, is held strong. Our offense is, uh, has chipped in when needed, and we've played some nice defense. So I think it's a very encouraging first two, two games of the season. I want you to elaborate, if you can, on the pitching there a moment ago. If you take the first two games, it's a small sample, but we'll go with it for now. The Twins have combined, Twins pitchers have combined to strike out 24 batters in two games. That's been an area, Thad, of struggle, not just last year, but in recent years. Did you see signs that strikeouts would be more prevalent from this team when you kind of built this roster together? You know, I, I think that was a goal of ours, was to try to take a little bit of the pressure off the defense, get a few more outs by way of the strikeout. And, you know, you could never plan for that too well. But I, I do think the combination of our, our pregame planning that is headed up by Garvin Alston and, and Jeff Pickler and, and uh, Jeremy Hefner. I think those guys put the pitchers in the best positions to succeed. And then you got to give a ton of credit so far to Jake Odorizzi uh, and Kyle Gibson, who have executed pitches out there, executed game plans. And I think each of those guys would probably tell you they could even be a little bit more fine uh, than they, they were in the first two games. But uh, they trusted Jason Castro, the fingers that he was putting down. They executed pitches when they needed to. Uh, and they've really elevated uh, their fastballs and changed eye levels and, and worked well with their secondary pitches. Both guys pitched with plus secondary pitches uh, in the first two outings, and I think that paid huge dividends. Getting here with uh, Thad Levine, Twins GM at Inside Twins, our season debut Inside Twins brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends 
are made. And you, you mentioned Kyle Gibson. Let's uh, also talk more about him if we can here in this opening segment. The Gibson that you saw, and he was pretty upset last night, even with the five walks. He still had six no-hit innings and struck out six batters. Did you see remnants of the Kyle Gibson that ended 2017 from his debut last night, That I, I think it's an excellent point, Corey. I think we made a lot of how Byron Buxton's second half last year was so instrumental in us going to the playoffs and how much better it was than in his first half, and even Jorge Polanco's as well. But Cal Gibson was as instrumental in a, as us going to the playoffs as any pitcher we had last year. It was the second time he came back up for us, uh, he, he really was a powerhouse down the stretch, and give him a ton of credit. We, for those of us who got to see him toe the rubber down in spring training, he built off the momentum there. And then his outing last night, while I, I, I could see how he could have had some frustrations, I think the fastball command wasn't exactly where he wanted it to be. But as I said earlier, I mean, he made big pitches when he needed to against a, a very, very difficult lineup to get through, especially in that ballpark. That's one of the, the, the most hitter-friendly ballparks, and, and they're built to hit home runs. And, and he not only kept them in the yard, he kept them off the bases. And with a, a few spectacular defensive plays around him, uh, he managed to no-hit them through six innings, which is a tremendous feat in that ballpark against that lineup. Yeah, curious to see how Jose Barrios fares today because two games in, you think about – the splitter that Jake Odorizzi featured often on Thursday wasn't shy, Thad, about throwing that to right-handed batters, nor was Gibson last night shy about throwing his changeup to righties. We're seeing more and more of that, aren't we, that we're not just seeing righties use that split or that change, sometimes a combination of both to lefties. They're using it to both sides of the plate. I think our advanced scouting metrics are just so much more sophisticated than they were even three to five years ago. I, I think, you know, you would long hear stories about how Righties would never throw a change-up to a righty, a lefty never to a lefty. And I think we're, we're kind of throwing some of those old adages out the window. And it's, while you may not throw them to some righties, you can throw them to others. And another thing I think both guys did very effectively is, is they elevated with their fastball. They changed eye levels with their fastball. They allowed it to be multiple different pitches in multiple different zones. I, I think that proved to be very effective. And to your point, it'll be interesting to see what Jose Burrios learned from watching these two righties ahead of him. Uh, and in terms of how he's going to attack this offense today. Yeah, Brios is on the mound today, coming off a solid year. Won 14 games. ERA was in uh, the threes, a 389 to be exact. He averaged nine strikeouts per nine last year. So Brios on the mound as the Twins try to win this series here today. We'll take a break, come back, and much more to discuss. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer continues next with Thad Levine on your home for Twins baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis from Camden Yards here in Baltimore. It's overcast, lights are on, but the forecast looks fine. Temperatures should warm as the afternoon moves along, and this game should be played without interruption here today. Thad Levine, kind enough to join us here on our Sunday program Mitch Garver, Thad, is going to catch Jose Barrios today. And entering the year, as you kind of assembled the roster, both guys you brought in, non-roster, what gave you confidence that this would be the year that Garver would be an impactful player right away and not go on the route of, say, bringing Chris Jimenez back or somebody of his caliber to maybe push Garver a bit more in camp? I think the temptation was real to bring a guy like Chris Jimenez back. He, he did so much for our team, both on the field and in the clubhouse last year, but I think we, we, we need to stay committed to a balance. As much as we did play actively on the free agent market this year, we need to also balance that out with our young players and giving guys real opportunities to matriculate through our minor league system 
come up to the big leagues and make an impact, we're always going to want to balance our payroll that way. And, and Mitch Garver went out and was our minor league player of the year last year. And at age 27, we felt it was the time to give him a real shot to, to contribute in the major league level. So he came into camp. It wasn't his job, but it was his job to lose, I think. Performed well enough. Every chance here to excel at the major league level. And I think matching him up with Jose is a, is a perfect call because he obviously knows him very well from their time together through the Catching Jose is probably as, as high as anybody on our staff, and I'm, I'm encouraged to see what he can deliver uh, when he's got given a real shot here in the big leagues. In conversations you had with uh, with Jeff Smith, Twins first base coach, and also uh, works with the catchers, and he has known Mitch Garver a long time uh, as Mitch was coming up to the system, a former manager of Mitch, and maybe a couple years back where Garver really showed improvement defensively, was with the Fort Myers Miracle. That team was managed at the time by Jeff Smith. Did you see Garver, and not just you, but did others see strides defensively because his bat, even though it was a small sample, they love his bat how would the defense match up with that? Were there strides made with that part of his game? I, I think it's something he and Jeff Smith are working on tirelessly at this point. Uh, he, he's really, I think, taken to shadowing Jason Castro in last year when he was in camp spending time with Chris Jimenez as well. I give him a ton of credit for being a, a bit of an apprentice on the defensive side. I think it's easy to look at Mitch Garver. It's easy to look at the back of his baseball card and say this is going to be an offensive-minded catcher. But the way the game has evolved and what the demands we've placed on that position now, uh, you have to be able to deliver defensively. And, and above and above anything else, you need to deliver defensively. And, and I think he's got a chance to, to learn from two of the best in Jeff Smith and Jason Castro at the major league level right now. It's going to be up to him as to how much he puts that into play. But the pitchers are going to let him know, and they're going to ultimately let Garvin Alston and Paul Molitor know whether or not they want want to throw to him. And if they do – we got a chance to add another offensive weapon to the to the south side of our offense on the days that Jason Castro has taken a day off. Logan Morrison will play first base today and bat fifth. Joe Maurer hitting second and DHing. And if you just look up Logan's career, that he's played in over 850 games, but only 52 of those have come with him DHing. But this was all part of the dialogue that you and Derek had with him. If he was going to join this team, he wasn't going to be the everyday first baseman, right? You're absolutely right, and I think it just speaks to the versatility of our team and really the versatility of the game right now where the guys who only play one position are few and far between, and the fact that he's able to spell Joe but allow Joe to stay in the lineup I think is a huge boon for our lineup. Uh, but I do think you, you know you talk to guys like Miguel Sano and others who, who don't love the, the DH opportunity. They, they want to get out there and contribute on both sides of the ball so I'm, I'm interested to see how Logan does today when he gets a chance to, to make those contributions. I, we, we've heard a lot of good things about his defense. Interestingly, when we when we acquired him, uh, one of the first things Jake Odorizzi said was he really liked when uh, Logan was playing behind him. He felt as if he was a competitive advantage defensively. If he's able to deliver on that side of the ball, we know he's going to do it in the batter's box. Uh, this guy has a chance to really be a significant contributor for us in 2018. Yeah, you always looking to see, too, of guys who aren't so accustomed to DHing, can they find a routine? And Justin Morneau and so many more, when they made that change, were struggling with that, but eventually found something, and uh, hopefully Logan does, and it will click for him. He's 0 for 6 so far to begin his Twins career. He's walked twice. Is there is there added pressure for a bopper? And you look at Morrison and what he did last year to get that first hit. Is just just added pressure, whether that's fair or not, 
when a guy comes in coming off the year that he had the prior season, is that is that noticeable early in, in, a, in a player's new year with a new team? I think it's human nature. I, I think the fact that he's on a new team, he's hitting in the middle of the order, we're a team that aspires to get back to the playoffs, and he that was part of the attraction he had to come to us was that he saw us as that type of team. But he, he's trying to make a significant contribution, not just a small one, I think, early in the season. And I think the minute he just relaxes and, and, and is himself – uh, we know he's going to contribute. You cited the two walks. I think the, the, my, my recollection of each of those were pretty pivotal walk, walks for us. So he, he's made contributions without even really putting the ball, the bat to ball and, and, and driving the ball yet. And we know that's on the come. Uh, if he's able to just kind of catch his breath, uh, we have no doubt that he's going to make some real contributions to this club. Are you still uh, sticking with your statement that Max Kepler is the best German player in the game right now? I, I just don't see a lot of competition out there for him. Uh, but, but expanding a little bit on, on Max, I, you know, a lot is made of our, our young core of players. And uh, you've been around the game a long time. I've been around the game a long time. I don't know that any of us has a crystal ball as to which one is going to take the next meaningful step forward. But, but I would look at it and say, why not Max? You know, he's got all the tools to do it. Uh, it's easy to look at him and say he didn't have the conventional minor league track because he grew up in Germany. He played a lot of different sports. Uh, he, he was almost a professional tennis player. And, and so he's kind of coming into his own a little bit later in, in age uh, than some of the other guys. But if you looked up at the end of the year and, and this was the guy who started carrying this club, I, it would not surprise me at all. He's got all the all the skills to do it. Hey, he seems like a popular pick when uh, we're asked, to, you know, give me a pick to click, a guy that – that may break out this year. He's only 25, and and he seems to be a very popular name that, that a lot of people are throwing out at least early this season. Ted. Well, and, and you know, I, I think one thing I'd like to bring up about Max too, which is reflective in our starting rotation as well, is it, it just goes to show how long our lineup is and how tough it must be for opposing pitchers to get through. You know, it's really relatively interchangeable. The the the, the back half of the lineup is about as strong as the front half is. Uh, no different from our starting rotation. You know, we went Jake Odorizzi and Cal Gibson out of the shoot, and we're going to come back with Jose Burrios and Lance Lynn. And then when uh, Phil Hughes and Irvin Santana are healthy, you could argue one through five, there's really not much of a drop-off in ability there, similar to our, our batting order. You know, with, with Max Kepler sitting towards the, the bottom third of the order with guys like Byron Buxton and Jason Castro, I mean, it's, it's a tough lineup to get through, and as Paul, we saw Paul do last year, I thought he was masterful in mixing and matching throughout the lineup, but sometimes your three-hole hitter today was your seven-hole hitter tomorrow and your two-hole hitter the next day, and I think Paul pushed a lot of buttons, but it just goes to show uh, we're pretty deep in the lineup and we're pretty deep in our rotation. It's a pretty consistent group on both sides of the ball. We'll take a break, come back, and Thad mentioned some names. We'll get some injury updates on both Phil Hughes and Irvin Santana, some other guys as well. When we come back, Inside Twins, live from Baltimore, rolls on next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Buxton. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Proves from Camden Yards. As our Sunday program continues, joining us on the phone today, Twins Senior VP and Team GM, Thad Levine. And, Thad, you mentioned a couple of pitchers in the last segment, if we can, some injury updates on Phil Hughes and also Irvin Santana, beginning first with Phil, who threw yesterday down in Fort Myers, correct? 
Yes, he did. Uh, four innings, really, really encouraging for Phil. Uh, when, when a pitcher comes out and cites anything wrong with their back or their obliques, uh, you kind of hold your breath because those can be very minor injuries, but they also can be very lingering, uh, lengthy injuries. And in Phil's case, it proves that it looks like it was more of a bit of a tweak than it was anything significant as he was able to tow the rubber yesterday and give us four innings. So that that's really encouraging. Uh, he, he will continue to get stretched out down there and, and hopefully health permitting, he'll be able to join the, the major league pitching staff here in short order. Uh, very encouraging news on Phil Hughes. So the, the plan is for Phil, when uh, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, to maybe throw in the Fort Myers miracle season opener. If that goes well, then that, that April 11th date at Target Field against the Astros, that's that's the goal right now for Phil, Thad? You know, barring any setback, that would be exactly what we, we would try to do with him. He's, you know, in these cases, you're you're very attentive to the, the trainers that work with him, but you're almost equally attentive to, to the pitcher uh, and his reports coming out of these games. Yesterday, uh, Dr. Phil gave himself a thumbs up, which was very encouraging. It was echoed by our, our trainers, and hopefully the next outing will prove the same. And as for Irvin Santana, has he begun a uh, throwing program yet? So, Irvin, we're, we're, we're taking it a little bit more cautiously on the front end, uh, a little bit of the benefit from the fact that we were able to add to our starting pitching depth uh, this offseason, and we want to make sure we manage him the right way. In, in short order, uh, it's a little bit of an inexact science of getting the, the extent of the swelling out of the joint uh, that we need to. Uh, he still is in a position where we're working on gripping balls and, and getting him into a throwing program. We believe once the throwing program starts, we will be able to move relatively quickly. But it's important to us that the swelling is out of the joint so that we don't exacerbate the injury in any way, shape, or form once he starts throwing. And in, in the inter- interim, we're looking at this as uh, we're going to get him as strong as possible for the for the time when he comes back and ideally pitching into the the postseason this year. So we're going to make the most of every inning that he has on the mound in the interim. Uh, we're going to count on the guys who are up in the big leagues right now and ultimately Phil Hughes in short order uh, to hold down the fort until Irvin is ready. Will he need to be stretched out to 80, 90 pitches before rejoining the big league club, or could you expedite things and say, all right, start with 50, 60, and then we'll, we'll add on once you get back and join your team? Or does he need to be fully stretched out before he comes back and he's healthy? I think we'll put together a plan with Tony Leo and Garvin Alston to have him come back and be able to give us that 80 to 90 uh, pitch game the first outing. Now, if uh, the occasion calls for something, a little bit of an adjustment at the major league level, we'll be prepared to adjust. But I think if we're looking at his best interest in mind, uh, ideally we'll be able to get him back in a position where he's stretched out and ready to give us six or so innings in his first outing back. But, Sometimes the best laid plans are derailed by what the season has to offer. So we'll be nimble along the way. All right, Thad, uh, thanks a lot for the time today. Enjoy the holiday with your family. We'll come back and and wrap up Inside Twins next. But have a great day with your family. Thanks for the time. Happy holidays, everyone, and thank you for having me on. Now We thank Thad Levine for joining us. We'll come back and wrap up the show next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, wrapping up our Sunday program, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Let's get you caught up in the rest of our programming here for the afternoon. This will take you up until the bottom of the hour, and then Chris is standing by with today's pregame show, and then we'll have Game 3, rubber game of this three-game series, Twins and the Orioles. Jose Barrios coming off a fine year. He'll be on the mound, his first start of 2018 today. Kevin Gosman 
Former first-round pick, struggled early but was really good late. Gosman, his last 14 starts, had an ERA in the twos. So he is a strikeout pitcher, as is Brio. Should be fun here today as this series wraps up. That'll do it for Inside Twins. We thank you for tuning in on this Easter Sunday. We have more to come. The pregame show is coming up next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.